0: Banks around the world are preparing for something. They are de-risking their portfolios, they're hoarding liquidity, and they're hedging again. And if those sound familiar, they are the lessons of Bear Stearns, something we talked about quite frequently a few months ago. Here we are at the end of November 2023, nine months almost after Silicon Valley Bank, and we're right back at the same place all over again. Everyone says the banking system is fine. The economy's heading for a soft landing, yet the banking system itself is behaving as if it's April 2023. How can that possibly be? And the answer is there's more going on in the situation, more going on in the global system than meets the eye. What banks are telling us through their actions, their activities, their balance sheets, is they're not buying this everything is fine soft landing. They are battening down the hatches. Now I went over yesterday the hoarding of liquidity and one that I didn't get to include in that video is when US primary dealers tend to hoard US treasury coupon securities. They do this during these Euro dollar cycles whenever they're uncertain about the global monetary system and conditions in it I don't have enough time to really go over it today, but you can see in the background behind all of this, all these lessons of Bear Stearns are being acted on in the banking system. Primary dealers are also hoarding treasury coupons as well. This is something that I wrote up in yesterday's deep dive analysis, which is the subscri- subscription that we have at Eurodollar University. And there's a lot more to be said about why tre- uh, primary dealers hold treasury coupons, as I said yesterday in the deep dive analysis, which is probably going to end up being a topic for a video one of these days, additional video, because it is an important part, collateral as well as cash and circulation, deflationary money. When primary dealers start hoarding U.S. Treasury coupons, that is not a good sign. Moving beyond that, in terms of hedging, we had a Treasury bill auction today, a 52-week bill auction, which is sort of a bill. It's not a bill like a three-month bill or a four-week bill. It's something that the Treasury auctions off only once a month, month, so it's more like a zero-coupon short-term Treasury note. But either way, what is of note from today's Treasury auction of the 52-week bill is the rates. If you go back a couple months to early October, what you see is the high yield for the 52-week auction, which was $44 billion sold. The high yield was 5.185%, and the median was 5.16%, with 36% of the auction at the high. Fast forward a month to the end of October, the high yield goes down five basis points to 5.135%. And then today's auction, the high yield has dropped 20 basis points to 4.935%, well below where the secondary market is. The median was just 4.90%. So what does it mean that the 52-week bill auction yields are going down with each auction in advance of the secondary market? What it means is... Hedging. Participants in the financial system are buying longer dated, safe and liquid instruments, including the 52-week bill, anticipating that something is going to happen that causes interest rates to go lower. Because look, think about your alternatives here. Instead of owning a 52-week bill and owning it for 52 weeks and getting a, a return around 4.935%. That's not the exact investment return, but the the stated yield of 4.935%. You could instead roll over funds at the Federal Reserve's reverse repo for 52 weeks at 5.3%, a much larger return, assuming you believe the Fed is going to leave the reverse repo at 5.3% for the next 52 weeks. So it's one thing that the two year Treasury goes down, that's an anticipation of, of rates going lower. At some point in the future, it's, a, it's, a, it's another thing. It's a similar thing, but it's another thing when the 52-week bill yield starts to go down substantially too, because that's moving up the curve and it's the market becoming more and more convinced that rates are going to go lower. And why do rates go lower in the future? Well, recession is one thing, but so is trouble in the global liquidity system, the euro dollar system. So we have hedging in just something like the 52-week bill that has accelerated in recent weeks. An additional form of hedging, that's forward rate markets, which are similar to what we just talked about in the cash market with the 52-week auction, and U.S. dollar terms that, oh boy, term SOFR. I still don't like term SOFR futures, but those are what we have to work with nowadays. Term SOFR futures, as I mentioned in a recent video too, The contract spreads, the calendar spreads, they're starting to invert more and more heavily and in a way that's more and more familiar to March, April, and May of this year. Nervousness across the banking system, across the financial system around the world, U.S. dollar terms, the December 23 to December 24 contract, that is now 108 basis points inverted. These are massive inversions just like they were earlier in the year. The December 23 to June 25 contract, a little bit further down, that's a massive 161 basis points inverted. Again, these inversions are coming back throughout the month of November. Even the shorter term, December 23 to June 24, that's inverted by 42 basis points. So inversions in term sulfur, heavy buying in U.S. Treasury bills, financial participants are saying, I'm getting increasingly nervous about what's going on. In terms of just US banks and de-risking their portfolios, that's pretty simple. As I mentioned yesterday, that's raising the level of cash, which they've done that. another thing is of course, not lending. You tighten down all of the potential risks in your portfolio, which means you don't extend new loans because new loans tend to be more riskier than say, holding cash. So that's what we see in the H8 data, new loans since the beginning of October, really since this trend really started to, to to show up. It was really the middle of October. But the beginning of October, whether this is related to banks fearful of spillover in the Israel versus Hamas conflict, or because this goes back a little bit further than that, I think it's an extension of the negative trends in money and the economy that have been developing since the early part of August, which we've talked about repeatedly here. But either way, since the beginning of October, total loans, according to the H8 data from the Federal Reserve, those are basically flat, only increased 5.6 billion in about a month and a half time. Commercial and industrial loans though, banks have cut back almost $30 billion in that category, in the about six weeks since early October. That's another cyclical signal as well as a de-risking signal that US banks are not constructive on the economy. They don't wanna lend to firms. At the same time, firms don't wanna borrow because they don't see any need to. They're not really in the mood to expand their production to take risks themselves. It's de-risking from the perspective of credit suppliers and it's de-risking from the perspective of potential borrowers at the same time. And believe me, Interest rates are not the key consideration here. Commercial real estate loans, those are actually up by 6.8 billion, but that's not a big amount. And that's more contraction than not. We need an increasing amount of lending in order just, just to stand still in the nonlinear world that we live in. So 6.8 billion increase over six weeks, that's not, that's really an that's actually like a contraction there. Consumer loans, that's another one that has just redeveloped here. Consumer loans are actually lower over the the six weeks since the early part of October. They're down by just $48.2 million, which is not a huge decline, but again, like, like the other categories, consumer loans should be expanding at a relatively uh, stable pace in order to keep up with demand in a soft-landing Goldilocks economy. Instead, we see, again, de-risking among banks as well as potentially de-risking among consumers, though... That certainly didn't seem to be the case in August and September. So maybe October, things really did start to tighten up, de-risking in the economy as well as de-risking in the banking system. As I started out in yesterday's video with the cash hoarding, the liquidity hoarding, it's not just a U.S. phenomenon. It's not just an overseas phenomenon. It's a global banking phenomenon. We see cash hoarding in European banks. We see cash hoarding in US banks. We see hedging in Europe. We see hedging in the US. We see de-risking portfolios, bank portfolios in the US. And we see exactly that in Europe. Earlier today, the European Central Bank released statistics on the European banking system. And to no one's surprise, European banks continue to contract their lending portfolios, their loans. Total loans were down 0.3% year over year. Uh, They really started to decline in November of 2022, right in the aftermath of the the September, October, 2022. Collateral scarcity shortage run, banking crisis 1.0, whatever you want to call it. That's when the European banks, along with their American counterparts, really started to take a hard look at their operations, at the overall circumstances and began to alter their operations for overall circumstances that were increasingly worse and of course a couple of months later we had the first part of the banking crisis that erupted in March and April and now here we are back again so European banks even though the year-over-year rate is just minus minus 0.3 percent again non-linear terms going sideways to slightly lower is a large contraction especially compounding over a large period of time we're going back to November here where bank lending overall has been flat to slightly lower. That's almost an entire year of almost no lending in Europe, no increase in lending in Europe in absolute terms, which means contraction in lending, credit crunch there, de-risking among banks. Household lending has fared a little bit better. That's up 0.3% year over year. But again, really it's, it's flatlined since last fall. The big one though, like commercial industrial loans in the United States, Loans to NFCs in Europe or non-financial corporations, basically the same thing. Those took a tumble during the summertime. They didn't really rebound much in October. They're down 1.3% year over year, which is a substantial decline. Again, European banks are de-risking in their loan portfolios in the same way their American counterparts have done. One thing that European banks are doing that's also just like their American counterparts, though not to the same extent, not quite yet, they are building up a cash cushion too. What you see is that European banks during the 2022 energy crisis, so March of 2022 when oil prices spiked and energy and electricity prices spiked, really up until around September of last year, European banks started hoarding cash by the bucketful. And this is cash that's left over after accounting for uh, balances held at the ECB. So this is other sources of cash in in the European bank system. And essentially they went nuts hoarding cash because they were afraid like so many others that Europe was about to suffer the worst case scenario. So they hoarded tons of cash up until September of 2022 when energy and electricity prices, electricity in particular really peaked. And then with the electricity crisis, a mild winter rather than the worst case scenario, which materialized, they started to pull back on their cash cushion. But at the same time, they were experiencing deposit flight. And that led to, in, in March of this year, cash levels had fallen below 4 trillion. And ever since then, banks have been, banks in Europe have been more careful about holding cash on their balance sheet as they also de-risk their loan portfolio. So while deposits have been stable over the last few months up to October of 2023, banks have been building rebuilding cash. Lessons of Bear Stearns, they're de-risking their portfolios They're hoarding cash, just like their American counterparts. And the financial system in Europe, we also see a high degree of hedging. A higher degree of hedging in Europe than we do in the U.S. dollar terms. Uh, Forward rate markets, as I've mentioned before, that's term Uriber. The December 23 to June 24 contract, so a near-term contract, that's again minus 40 basis points. The December 23 to December 24 spread. That's minus 97 basis points. So, again, European hedging levels are back to where they were in the earlier part of this year when we were talking about banks failing, banks going under, Credit Suisse, not just US regional banks, a global banking problem. To wrap this up, we see liquidity cushions being built all around the global banking system. U.S. dollars and euros, European banks, U.S. banks, the major part of the euro dollar system. And that was the thrust of yesterday's video, global liquidity hoarding, that we can see many signs of it, including the data we went over today. The thrust of today's video, though, that was de-risking and especially hedging. The de-risking we see banks, they don't want to extend loans, especially cyclical loans like to to, uh, commercial industrial enterprises, as well as in Europe, they call them non-financial corporations. They don't want to extend business loans. U.S. banks are now apparently reluctant to extend consumer loans, so they're de-risking their loan portfolios, both Europe and the United States, taking fewer risks, extending fewer loans, which leads to more recession-type processes, which leads to more de-risking in banking, and on and on we go, heading toward a recession. But we also see a high degree of hedging, not just in terms of forward money rates like term SOFR, I hate that thing, as well as term Uriber, but also, as I mentioned, the Treasury bill auction, the 52-week bill auction, where rates continue to go down pretty substantially in the latest week market participants are saying they expect something to go wrong, which leads to lower rates long before the Federal Reserve wants them to go lower. So here we are in November, 2023, with all of the same symptoms, the lessons of Bear Stearns that we were talking about just five, six, seven, eight months ago. And the reason that we're back in the same boat is nothing really changed over that five, six, seven, eight, nine month period. We all forgot about the banking system because there were no more bank failures after First Republic in the early part of May. Federal Reserve officials said we've got everything covered. ECB officials said we've got everything covered. There didn't seem to be any immediate fallout from the the initial stage of the banking crisis, so it was all chalked up to a big nothing. However, here we see over the last six weeks in particular, but going back to August, the banking system itself is behaving in a number of ways all across it that suggest banks don't see everything the same way. They are building cash cushions. They're de-risking their portfolio, they continue to de-risk their portfolio. They're hedging all of the stuff that we, they wouldn't be doing if the economy was fine and the banking system liquidity was terrific. They wouldn't be doing these things. They wouldn't be engaging in the lessons of Bear Stearns. And that's the lesson we need to take away from today's video. Banks themselves, they're telling you they don't see it the same way as Jay Powell and Christine Lagarde. And they're not just telling you, it's they're telling you in how they're acting. They're taking action on all of their perceptions. That's what we need to be aware of. Banks are preparing for something. In case you missed yesterday's video on the liquidity hoarding aspect of the Lesson of Bear Stearns, I've got that link below just for you. As always, I thank you very much for joining me. Huge thank you Eurodollar University subscribers and our Eurodollar University members, some of whom you see over here. Until next time, take care.